Hello, Bridgetown Church, and those of you joining us online, my name is Bethany Allen, and this is the Bridgetown Daily for Thursday, January 28th. Well, we are slowly rolling to the end of the first month of the year, and by now it's clear whether those resolutions have stuck or not. Now, most years I'm up for a fresh start or challenge, but this year I thought surviving would be sufficient. The idea of resolutions got me thinking recently about what it takes for people to accomplish things about the motivators of success, and in particular, in the Christian life. What are those factors that result in greater faithfulness? Certainly, the dream is that we're all motivated to faithfulness because of our deep love and desire for God and even others. But the truth is, faithfulness, despite our earnestness, isn't sustainable simply by these things. Yes, they're helpful and even necessary, but they aren't the sole markers or foundations for a life of faithfulness. In part, this is because we don't always feel that deep love, and it's also because our hearts are drawn by love towards other things. So, if it isn't just our love for God and others that motivates our faithfulness, what does? While I was meditating on this over the Christmas break, I was reminded of this old song by a Christian singer from the 80s named Keith Green. Now, if you've never listened to his music, you should. He was unbelievably prophetic, and his music, while different, is so, so powerful. The song I was reminded of was about obedience. The lyrics he sings come from a passage of scripture in 1 Samuel 15, which is the story of King Saul, a leader of Israel who was asked by God to obey an order around a specific military endeavor. Now, the call was for him to obey God fully in what he was asking him to do. And instead of doing that, Saul decided only to do part of what the Lord had asked him, which led to a profound moment where Yahweh, we read, regretted making him king. A strong response to what feels like a minor thing. And yet, when Saul was confronted by his prophet friend Samuel, it was made clear that what God was most after was complete obedience. That partial obedience is really just an act of sacrifice rooted in obligation rather than relationship. The story concludes with this statement, that to God, obedience is always better than sacrifice. Now, today, to fully grasp what this statement means, we have to understand a bit of the context. In Saul's day, sacrifice was at the heart of public worship, which means that Saul was putting an emphasis on the outward form of worship while neglecting the deeper matters of the heart, something that's not so unfamiliar to many of us. I think it's easy, especially those of us who have journeyed with Jesus for years, to be tempted towards that same reality, to, yes, hear God's words to us, to believe they are good, to know what he's asking, and then to respond to it from a place of obligation or sacrifice rather than joyful submission and trust. Now, obedience isn't a word we use a lot today, or if we do, it mostly has to do with the kids in our life. So I think it's fair to say that the concept of obedience can feel a bit obscure at times, especially when it comes to our relationship to Jesus. What does it mean to obey him, to live a life of obedience? Obedience, as we see it in the scriptures, is both an act of the will and a submission of the heart, making it central to our spiritual flourishing. And it's actually pretty simple. It's doing what you're told to do, when and how you're told to do it, 
with a happy heart. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, it's because I stole it from every parent I know. And obedience, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, is just that. It's doing what he's asked us to do in his word or otherwise, when and how he's asked us to do it with a happy heart. Anything less, any negotiation or rationalization or justification of behavior or delay outside of that isn't obedience. And while it could seem that this feels a bit limiting, maybe even tyrannical, it's important that we remember that God has our good or our best in mind. He's not micromanaging our lives because he doesn't want us to have fun. He is not a helicopter parent. God's motivation is a deep and consuming love for us. And more than that, we also have to remember what God is after. Just as we saw with Saul, obedience is actually a marker and measurer of relationship, of the union between the one asking and the one doing. Meaning, obedience is all about our relationship to and with God. In contrast, sacrifice or obligatory duty fulfillment is about us. It's been said that sacrifices can never fulfill God's ultimate purpose of capturing people's hearts because sacrifices can be used to point back to the person offering them. And I think that helps us make sense of what we see in 1 Samuel 15. Oswald Chambers once said, If my ruling disposition is self-interest, I perceive that everything that happens to me is always against my self-interest. If, on the other hand, My ruling disposition is obedience to God. I perceive him to be at work for my perfecting in everything that happens to me. This week, I wonder if there's room to check ourselves in this arena, to survey, if you will, the landscape of our hearts, to search our motives and responses, even to identify our longings and aches. And in the language of Paul in the letter to the Corinthians, to take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. Maybe this week we need to be reminded that true obedience will often go against the grain of our desire, but that it is better still to say yes to Jesus in the face of something we've judged in the moment to be right. As we close, would you just take a minute to pay attention to what these words or to what the Holy Spirit has been stirring in you? Where do you feel conviction or a call back to life with God? If you're like most people, there's probably a place in your life where you can acknowledge that you're only practicing half obedience. So what is one step you can take? As this podcast closes and you enter back into normal life, what is one step you can take back towards him who has your good, your wholeness, and your formation in mind? Even now, return to the Lord and watch as he receives you back with love and mercy. This week, Bridgetown, may we not only be faithful, but joyful in our obedience. May we encounter the animating presence of God's Spirit. May we say yes to Him who formed us in our mother's womb, believing, despite what we may think, that He knows better than we do.
And may we surrender deeper than ever before to love. <laughs>